With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Hidden Killers podcast. In this episode, we dive into the unsettling case of Jennifer Farber Dulos, who vanished on May 24, 2019. Amidst a divorce and custody battle, her estranged husband, Fotis Dulos, and his partner, Michelle Trokinis, became the center of a shocking conspiracy. Today, we bring you up to the moment coverage from the courtroom as Trokinis faces trial, accused of a role in this presumed murder. You did write a report about this encounter, didn't you? Yes, sir. So let me just ask you a couple of um, questions, as I understand it. So you're somewhere in the front yard when the uh, team is there to um, at least execute the search warrant at the house and on the individuals, correct? Yes. And that's the day you you had seized Fotostoulos' phone, right? Yes, sir. And later drove up to Litchfield, right? Yes. To bring that phone. Correct. So no, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. So I did not have the phone yet. The phone was seized at Trubel, Mr. Dulos's phone. I had the license plates with me. Ah, okay. But you were bringing the license plates up to Litchfield. That was the, that, but that came later, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So you're in the front and you see a white Jeep pull uh, into the Jeep Cherokee, pull somewhere along uh, Jefferson Crossing, right? Yes. And it was heading, in the, if we're just orienting ourselves to the image, to the right of the screen. That is to, I see there's some kind of a white vehicle that you can, do you see that vehicle? Yes, I do. All right. So we're right here. Is this the direction that the vehicle was going when you first noticed it? Yes, sir. So if you're, if we're orienting the map here, um, he would have been driving from left to right on the screen. So if he were coming to Fort Jefferson Crossing, that's the way he would have come, driving toward the house. Um, however, he didn't stop at the house. He continued on past the house. You said he was traveling like at 10 miles an hour, right? I estimated 5 to 10, but, you know, not very, very, not very fast. Okay. Correct. And you recognize the car because you said you'd seen it earlier down in, you said, on Sturbridge Hill Road, right? Yes, sir. So we knew there was a white Jeep Cherokee in play as being registered to the Ford Group. And Detective Rochette and I had also observed a white Jeep Cherokee at 61 Sturbridge at some point earlier that week. That was going to be, it was earlier during that week between May 24th and the 31st, right, that you saw it down there? Uh, so it would have been between May 28th and the 31st. Fair enough. Did you observe it by actually uh, observing it at at 61 Sturbridge Hill Road, or were you looking at some kind of surveillance ring doorbell videos from across the street? No, sir. We were canvassing the neighborhood, and we actually physically saw it there, parked on the property. Were you the person or one of the detectives that actually obtained surveillance video from uh, Sturbridge Hill Road from across the street? Was that you? Uh, I don't believe so, sir. It was someone else? I believe, yes. And it wasn't Detective Frechette with you? Uh, it might have been. I'd have to look at his report. But we were together canvassing for video, so that sounds accurate. Okay, All right. So in any event, let me see if I get this straight. You see the vehicle, you, you recognize it, or believe you recognize it, right? It's consistent with a white Jeep Cherokee. Right. It didn't say four group on it on the side, right? Did not. But the driver was looking straight ahead as he passed the house, wasn't he? Uh, that's what it appeared to me, yes. In fact, there's all this activity with several state police cars in and around the property at this moment, right? That is accurate. And you have somebody driving, we're looking straight ahead, not even looking over to see what's going on, right? That's how I remember it, yes. And that's one of those things that alerted you or at least raised your suspicion. Isn't that true? That's accurate. And the car, as you said, it went down to the, to the, to the right, 
And there's no other way out of Jefferson Crossing down there, is there? Not unless you're going to drive through someone's property. And woods. Correct. So it's a cul-de-sac, right? Yes, sir. So the car slowly turned around, right? Oh, I didn't specifically see it turned around uh, just because of the way the street is situated. Um, you can't see the cul-de-sac from where we were, but at some point it had to have turned around because I viewed it coming back out. It's curved and it dips down a bit, right? That's correct. Um, and, and so that we're clear on this, you know, this street is what is on the top of Avon Mountain, correct? Uh, I'd have to take a peek at the map. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's at the top. I'm, I'm not going to dispute it. I just, I can't answer that. A lot of these images, it's difficult to tell that the topography, but, um, there is a Deercliff Road and Eli Road are the roads just to the left of this screen, right? I believe Eli turns into Deercliff, like right around Fort Je or right. Jefferson Crossing. And yes. if you're coming up Eli, that's a very steep hill to get to Jefferson Crossing, right? Um, again, I don't really remember if it's a hill or not, but if, if you're telling me it is, I'll concede to that. I just don't remember. Right. I actually will we'll show you something, but I don't want to go out of order here, so I'm just going to... See if you remember that or not. At the moment, you don't. That's correct. Okay. So the car is coming back. Now, the car did not look like it was going to pull into, your, into the driveway of Fort Jefferson, did it? No, it just kept driving. So you actually stepped, what did you step into the road and flagged it down? On its way back out, yes. Did you just explain to us how you did that? Did you jump in? You didn't go with your, in front of the car like this, did you, with your hands up? Well, so I walked out into the street as it was coming out, um, and I, I, with my left hand, just signaled for the operator to stop. I stood in the middle of the road, uh, and he stopped. All right. So I know it's been a while since you were probably a patrol officer, but that's a, a signal to put your hand up. It's to stop someone. You hold your hand, palm up, to, as a sign to stop a vehicle, correct? I think a reasonable person would make that inference, yes, sir. Okay. And you did that? Yes, I did. And Mr. Uh, Gumini did stop, right? Yes, he did. When you um, you approached the window, right? Yes, I did. Was it the, Did he roll down the window or, or have an electric, it had an electric uh, window button, right? You... I'm uh, not that old, but I've never in my career dealt with a window that wasn't electric in my 16 years as a trooper. Right, so... I think we're past that point. <laughs> yes, we are past the point where somebody has to roll down the window unless it's a really old vehicle, right? Not since I was a little kid, yeah. And you noted that the air conditioning was on in the vehicle, didn't you? It, it appeared to be, yes. You started talking to uh, Mr. Gumiani, correct? Yes, I did. He identified himself to you as... Pavel Gumiani, right? That's correct. You said you don't remember if he showed you his license, but you had no reason to think it wasn't him. No, and I may have documented that in my report. I just can't recall off the top of my head. You asked him specifically what he was doing in the area, right? Yes, sir. And he told you that he was stopping by the Dulos house because he was an employee to drop off some hand tools, right? That's accurate. You asked him specifically where he was coming from, right? I did. And he told you he had, was coming up from New Canaan and had been working down there that day, right? Yes, sir. Now, at this point, he didn't say anything to you about being over at another property down the street in Avon, did he? Not at that point, no. He simply told you that he was stopping by the house to drop off some hand tools for photo students, right? Correct. You said that he seemed to be breathing heavily. Was that, was that your testimony on direct? That's accurate. Did you also notice that he seemed to have, like, his carotid artery was, like, uh, uh, pulsing? Yes, I could tell that his heartbeat was elevated because of what I saw. <clears throat> you thought that this seemed a little out of the ordinary to you, right? It certainly did. You hadn't even asked him anything more pressing than what are you doing here and where are you coming from, right? That's accurate. 
You asked him to step out, right? Yes. You testified just now that you patted him down, right? Yes, sir. You knew it wasn't uh, photostoulos at this point, though, right? Yes, sir. I knew. And you noticed that he, I think you used the term that he was, I don't know if you used the word soaking wet, but his clothing was quite wet. Yes, sir. He was perspiring in his shirt. It was wet to the touch. I think you actually, in your report, you, didn't you use the word soaking wet? I believe that's how I referred to it in my report, yes. When you asked him, you know, you, were, you just, when he, after he told you that he had just driven up from New Canaan, you questioned him about that because of how, you, how wet and sweaty he appeared, right? Yes, sir. And he was inside an air-conditioned vehicle, right, according yes. to your report, too? yes. And when, after you asked him that, is when the first time he told you that um, he had actually been at a 585 Deercliff Road removing seats from a car, right? Uh, yes, that's accurate. And he told you he did that so he could put them in his truck, right? Correct. He didn't tell you that he was doing that at the instruction of Mr. Dulos at that point, did he? He did not. He just said, I'm taking these seats out of the, uh, I don't know if he mentioned a, that it was a Porsche, but he was taking it. Oh, he did say to you it was his Porsche, the Porsche, right? That's correct. And he was going to put him in his own truck, right? You asked him if you could uh, search the car, right? Yes. And he said no. Well, actually, let me remind that. I didn't ask him if I could search it. Um, when I asked him if there was anything illegal in the car, he offered that I was free to search it if I wanted to. Okay. So he actually uh, elicited consent and said, well, not elicited, but offered consent to search the car. However, he changed his mind, didn't he? He did. He said he didn't feel comfortable consenting to your search. Isn't that true? Uh, yes. He made a reference that it was his boss's vehicle and he wasn't comfortable with us searching it because it wasn't his. So he withdrew the verbal consent he had previously given. Yes, sir, he did. But you were allowed to look through these windows of the vehicle, right? Uh, there, it would be in plain view. So, yes, I, I did uh, make it uh, uh, a point to look through to see what I could see inside. Yeah, it's perfectly okay if, if a person's driving a vehicle and you can look through the window, you're allowed to do that, right? Uh, yes, sir. And what you saw in the back of the Jeep were what looked like um, individual bucket seats, right? Uh, yes, they were lying on their side. And they were in the rear portion of the vehicle, correct? Uh, yes, in the utility slash cargo area. Now, you also saw several rolls of paper towels back there, too, didn't you? Also correct. You also saw a number of hand tools in the back seat, right? Yes. Did you see any other tools at all in the vehicle at that point? Uh, not like that power I power tools? Not that I can recall. I don't even remember specifically what tools were back there. You then informed Mr. Uh, Gumieni if he could contact uh, Mr. Dulos and tell him to come home, right? I believe Sergeant Bisson did that, yes. You were, were you present when he did that? Yes. Because I know you noted that, that in your report, right? Yes. The uh, Mr. Gumieni then indicated to you that he had gotten word that Mr. Dulos and Michelle were coming home. They were coming back at that point, right? Correct. When they arrived, you introduced yourself, correct? Yes, sir. So I'm just going to show you an image, which I know I've shown you previously. You recognize uh, 
this image, sir? Yes, I do. And that's you in your in the navy blue short sleeve shirt with the state police uh, emblem on it, correct? Uh, black, but yes, sir. Oh, it's black. Okay. All right. And uh, that's you with the sunglasses on the right, correct? That is me. And the person in the striped shirt uh, with the uh, pink stripe down the legs, that's Michelle Traconis, right? Yes, sir. And the man on the left is Fotis Doulos, correct? Also correct. And that's how he appeared, that is, Fotis Doulos appeared when you saw him on May 31st, 2019, right? Yes, sir. You indicated that um, even though you would, that you, when I say you, you all, state police, had seized the house at that point, you indicated that the uh, that you escorted Michelle Traconis in so she could gather some overnight belongings, correct? Yes, sir. Now, in addition to Michelle Traconis and Fotis Dulos, Michelle's 12-year-old daughter was present as well, correct? She was there at the property, yes, sir. And there was another woman there um, who was Michelle Traconis' mother. You became aware of that, right? Yes, sir. And by the way, do you see the mother here in the courtroom? Do you recognize her? I'm just going to object, uh, Your Honor. Sustained. <clears throat> well, there was testimony about it, Your Honor. Mother's not on trial. So without p picking her up, you recognize the mother, right? Uh, yes, I okay. do. So I'm going to show you uh, another image. By the way, you don't know who took this picture, right? I do not. I would presume the media, but I, I don't know. You, you do know that there was media present on May 31st, 2019, when you were at Fort Jefferson Crossing. Uh, there was media at every avenue of this case. They were sort of following everybody around, weren't they? Yes, sir. Taking pictures, whether you liked it or not, right? Yes, that's right. Including drones? They were using drones at one point? I believe I remember that, yes. Okay. So the next picture I'm going to show you. Sorry, that's after. Is that you right there on the side behind the trees? Uh, yes, sir, that is me. All right. So the other individuals that we see from the rear is uh, Michelle's 12-year-old daughter, right? Uh, based on the size and the backpack, I, I would agree, yeah. Well, there was no other child present, right? No. All right. And the woman with the reddish-brown hair wearing the red sweater, that was uh, Michelle Draconis' mom, right? I, I believe so, yes. Who was there at that time, right? Yes. Okay. You made this. Who made the decision that um, Michelle and Photostula uh, should be brought up to Litchfield to be processed? I don't know who specifically. Um, that would have been worked out between the commander of the unit and the case supervisor, as well as the van sergeant. You testified that um, you had a conversation with Attorney Riccio. Before she, they were allowed to drive themselves up there, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. Originally, the plan was to take them up in a police car? Yes, sir. And Litchfield is about 45 minutes or more from lit, from Farmington to where the barracks is, right? I, I believe that's accurate, yes. And what time of the day or night, or should I just say evening, uh, were they, were they uh, escorted up to Litchfield? I don't recall specifically. You did go in and allow Mr. Conus to get an overnight bag, right? Correct. You checked everything, though, before it went in the bag, right? Uh, I mean, I didn't physically, uh, you know, inspect the items of clothing individually, but yes, I kept an eye on what was being packed just to ensure that nothing that was covered under the warrant was going to be taken out of the home. And you recall that then the child's backpack was... It was an overnight bag with clothing for the child as well, right? I don't remember it specifically. I, I, I would assume so, but I, I don't recall. You recall, though, clothing for the child being collected for overnight so she could have a change of clothes, right? Uh, my recollection is I think the grandmother did that, yes. You went in with the grandmother? Correct. Got it. Okay. And you did a cursory, at least, review of the house, right, when you went in there? 
So I don't recall if I went in on the protective sweep or if I stayed outside with them. Um, I'm going to err on the side of caution and say I stayed outside. I do remember being outside with Mr. Dulos and having a conversation with him, making small talk. So I can't remember if I went in for the cursory search or not. Um, I only remember going in to pack their overnight bags with them. Um, I can't recall if I actually went in for the sweep or not. I, I think I stayed outside with them. Okay. Do you recall being in the office at any point? No. Judge, we we finished with this photograph. Oh, yeah. And although it's, it's on here and it's been offered, I just want to make sure you don't recall being up in the uh, ante office where the extra set of stairs are. Uh, no, no, I do not. You do not? No. You recall seeing the door to the office being in the alcove right, right where you were standing near the driveway alcove there, the garage alcove. Uh, kind of knowing the layout of the property as, as we stand today, I, I wasn't aware at the time, but yeah, I believe their office space was above the, uh, the garage. So if you're facing the house, that would be on the right side. You testified about observing um, Michelle Traconis up at the Litchfield Barracks uh, that evening after they had driven themselves up to Litchfield, right? Yes, sir, I did. And you, you said they were escorted by police. Is that right? Uh, my understanding is, yes, there was, uh, I mean, the best way I could describe it was a convoy of vehicles, them and theirs, and then the troopers and detectives in their own cars all kind of just convoying up to the troop. I won't use the word care, but like a comment with some in front and some behind. Yeah, yes, that's how I remember it. Okay. And you said that you uh, observed uh, Michelle um, looking and shaking her head. Yes. When they were in the in the barracks, right? Correct. Did you see her with her head between her knees and her and with her head down between her knees? Uh, I did see that, yes. Okay. And you noticed she was crying? Uh, she was upset, yes. You testified that... Um, Mr. Dulos was staring at her sternly, I think is the term that you used, right? Uh, yes, after she gave him kind of, uh, you know, uh, a look of disdain, if you will, for lack of a better term, and he gave, he gave one back to her. Right. So you're saying she gave what you called a look of disdain to Dulos, right? Yeah, so, so um, it was clear to me, based on my observation, that the two had communicated non-verbally, so facilitated well, through body language. Object as non-responsive. I don't know how you could know that they were communicating. Well, there's no need to engage in the conversation on your objection. The last portion of the response is stricken as non-responsive. Whatever you observe by my client, you're saying that Julos gave her a more even uh, stronger look or glare at her. Is that a fair way to put it? That would be a fair statement, yes. Okay. There's no video of them being up at the barracks, is there? Not to my knowledge, no. Were they in an area where there's cameras at the Litchfield barracks? Uh, no, they were in a conference room. So I'm going to jump now to the towards the end there where you were, we started with this and I'm going back to it because I played the video. You were not able to tell whether there was uh, who was in the red pickup truck that was pulling out of 80 Mountain Spring Road, correct? Correct. Or what was in it, right? In the physical truck itself, in no, the sir. Truck. Correct. You did not observe from any of the angles anyone actually getting into a truck or even starting it up, right? Also correct. 
before that uh, moment, you didn't observe, well, it, it, did you observe any vehicles driving on 80 Mountain Spring Road and, and the during the night? So uh, I believe at some point overnight while it was dark out, you can see a vehicle driving through. Uh, you can't make out what type of car it is, but I, I do remember seeing a vehicle drive down Mountain Spring Road at some point um, on the headlights? footage. You see headlights? Yes. Okay. And it didn't stop? It kept going? It didn't appear to stop, no. You indicated that you split the time of viewing it with, um, was it Detective Clabby, you said? Correct. Did you start observing at midnight on May 24th, which looked like midnight and, te and uh, 10 minutes before midnight on May 25th? Yes, that would be accurate around that time. Yes. Do you know how many hours of video you watched during that night? I don't recall. Was it multiple hours? I believe so, yes. Did you then go back and look at any of the videos that Detective Clabby was looking at prior to midnight, that is on the 23rd? I did not. What time, and I realize I, I forgot to ask you this question, what time did um, Michelle Traconis and Photostoulis leave the Litchfield Barracks on the evening of May 31st? Uh, I don't recall specifically. Um, it was definitely later at night. I know um, I seized Mr. Doulis's phone sometime between 9 and 10 p.m., so it would have been... After that. After that. So it was clearly dark by then. Yes, sir. And as far as you knew, they still weren't allowed to go back in their house, right? Uh, as far as I know, no. When uh, you went to Mr. Gumieni's house on June 2nd, what time were you there? Uh, I don't recall. I, I would have to look at the report. Um, I remember he signed a consent form for the download of his phone. Um, that form has a time noted on it. So I don't recall exactly what time a day it was without looking at the report. You testified that he... Um, just cooperating gave consent. Is that what you said before? Uh, correct. I, I ended up speaking to his attorney, Lindy Urso, um, and after he consulted with his attorney, he did, he did uh, give us consent, yes. Well, the conversation between you and Mr. Urso was recorded, wasn't it? Uh, but yes, it was. And Mr. Urso protested that you didn't have a warrant for Mr. Gumiani's phone. I'm just going to object, Your Honor. Sustained. You told Mr. Gumieni that if he didn't let you, uh, uh, if he didn't consent to getting his phone, giving it to you, it would be months before he got it back. Didn't you tell him that? I don't recall that specifically, but that sounds accurate. I mean, that would be the that would be what would happen. It was only after that that he then consented, right? I'd have to listen to the recording, but that that sounds like it might be accurate. Okay. And you said you also seized the Jeep Cherokee at that time, right? Uh, so not at that specific time. We were sent back later, the same day. Did you have a warrant for the Jeep? We did not. Not to my knowledge, no. Did you um, also take a DNA sample from Mr. Gumieni? Uh, not at that specific instance. We interviewed Mr. Gumieni again with oh. uh, his attorney. And my partner, Detective Allegro, took a DNA sample from at, him. At that time? Correct. So you after. Were, you after. weren't there for that? I was. Oh, you were there? I watched that. Yeah, that was in the interview room. It was recorded uh, audio video. And he was in the presence of uh, counsel, Mr. Uh, attorney Urso. And he consented to a fecal swab, which is a DNA sample. The other thing I was going to uh, ask you about is... Um, you also testified that you had gone from, uh, you would watch the, the video at 77 Mountain, right? Yes, sir. And you had also been to, to Jefferson Crossing, right? Yes. So you were somewhat familiar with that area, right? Yes, at the time. All right. So um, I'm going to show you 
There's no objection. No objection. <clears throat> exhibit P. Is a, no objection to exhibit P as a full exhibit. Our defense is P as a full exhibit. This is now a full exhibit. Do you recognize this to be uh, the area of central Connecticut around the where the Fort Jefferson Crossing and Seven Mountain Spring Road is? That this is the Avon Farmington area. You recognize it as such? I, I don't honestly. Not just by looking at it this way. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll play a little bit more here. I'm going to ask whether you recognize this to be Heli Road coming up from. Uh, Mountain Spring Road. And I'm referring now to a diagonal um, road that starts in the lower right portion up toward going towards the left portion. Do you recognize that or not yet? No, sir, I'm sorry, I do not. Well, I'm just going to play this and I'll stop it at a various points. Here. Do you recognize this to be for Jefferson Crossing? Uh, it appears to be consistent, yes. And then this being one Jefferson Crossing across the street there? Uh, yes. Again, in the center there, that's uh, clearly shows Fort Jefferson Crossing, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. And you see the Yukon Health Center and Hospital up in the distance there at the top? Uh, that looks to be accurate. I believe that's on Route 4 or now somewhere in the vicinity. At the road in the, that's traveling in this image, Recognize that now to be Eli Road heading down towards Mountain Spring. Uh, yes. Okay. So this would be the direction of travel from Jefferson Crossing down Eli Road towards Mountain Spring, correct? Yes. I believe so, yes. And if I we think follow... you have to cross Old Mountain Road, I think, before you get to Mountain Spring. Is that accurate? Say that again. I think you have to cross Old Mountain Road to get to Mountain well, Spring. We're going to... Get there in a minute. I'm going to pause this for a second here. You see where there's an intersection here between, at, I'm pausing it at two minutes and 28 seconds. You see where there's a T intersection here where Eli Road crosses another street here. Uh, yes, yeah, I believe that's Old Mountain Road. That's Old Mountain Road in Farmington, correct? Yes, sir. And if we go in this direction, which we'll see in a second, if you keep staying on 
Old Mountain Road, you know that that eventually comes out into the town of Avon, right? I believe it does. And it eventually goes into Route 10, right? Uh, yes, yes, I think so. And that connects with Route 44, right? Uh, I believe you're right on that, yeah. Okay, so I'll play it again now. And there's a vehicle passing on, on there. You see that vehicle that we that's you see in the middle there that's driving? It looks like a yellow pickup truck, yes. Yes, that vehicle would be on Old Mountain Road, right? That's accurate. And now that that vehicle went right. We are now on Mountain Spring Road, aren't we? Yes, sir. And we're heading in the direction of 80 and 77 Mountain Spring Road, correct? Yes, sir. You also see that in the center there, there's a double yellow line on Mountain Spring Road, correct? Uh, it appears to be. And the double yellow line means it's a main road that connects between main roads, right? Uh, typically, it's a road where the speed limit's a little higher, yes. The drone is following Mountain Spring Road down from Jefferson Crossing, correct? Uh, appears to be, yes. Now, the house that's coming up in the uh, distance now to the left, so that we're oriented correctly, that is 80 Mountain Spring on the left, and that's 77 on the right that we see now, right? If I stop the... Am I correct about that? Yes, that appears to be correct. And here is the driveway that uh, of 77 that goes out one way and comes in the other way here somewhere? Uh, correct. And here is the property itself, correct? Uh, 80 Mountain Spring, yes, sir. 80 Mountain Spring from the, uh, and the driveway is on the other side of this video, correct? It, yes, it's on the opposite side of the house. The driveway wraps around from the left side and then in front of the house and back out to the street. And if we continue down Mountain Spring Road, eventually we will come to the, uh, you said Route 4? Yes. Almost right in downtown, or downtown, the center of Farmington, correct? Uh, yes, sir. The little commercial area Farmington. Yeah, it's businesses, gas stations, etc. Yeah. And again, that's um, 80 on the left and 77 on the right, correct? Yes. And as the camera pans up going south, you see that there's a golf course and there's some open fields and a lot of trees there, correct? Uh, yes, I believe so, yes. And you also see the, the other mountains in the distance, correct? Yes. And as the camera now is panning to the left, you again see homes, right? And you see these are the commercial buildings on Route 4, are they not? Uh, they appear to be.
This whole area is heavily wooded, correct? It appears to be, yes. And there's some cliffs here. Looks like the one house in the right corner is built almost on a cliff, right? Uh, yeah, that looks accurate. And that's the Yukon Health Center closer, right? Uh, off in the distance there, yes, on the right side, upper right portion of the screen. It's all the medical facilities there, correct? Uh, yeah, the it's medical the examiner's office is there as well, I believe. What is there? The, the medical examiner's office. Yes, it's probably one of these buildings right around here, right? Yes. Okay, and the um, this is all heavily wooded area, correct? Yes. And, oh, I'm going to stop right there. Up here, that's the city of Hartford right there, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. It's all the downtown buildings, right? Yes. And if we're looking at the city of Hartford, we're looking east, right? Uh, yes, yeah. From where the where the where I assume it's a drone. Where the drone is, it appears to be uh, the city's out toward the east. Yes. Once again, we see Eli Road in the foreground of the lower part of this uh, video. I believe so, yes. Does this help orient you to the fact that uh, Jefferson Crossing was on top of Avon Road? It, yes, it does. Now you see as we're approaching, there's a body of water that we're viewing that's between the city of Hartford and where the drone is. Do you see that? Uh, yes. That's part of the MDC reservoir uh, area, correct? As I understand it, yes. And if we look way in the distance, just for orienting sense, that's Massachusetts that you see way, way in the distance, bluish mountains, correct? That appears to be accurate, yes. In fact, does this, does this look like uh, it might be Leo Mountain right there? Oh, I couldn't say. All right, fair enough. <clears throat> Now I'm going to stop the uh, 
video for a second. This um, area where the power lines are, you see that there? Uh, yes, sir, I do. That is a gravel... Uh, utility road, correct? Uh, appears so. Did you go in there at all? No, I did not personally. You didn't accompany Mr. Conus when she went with the police to show where the motorcyclists go, right? No, I did not. But it's not a paved road through there, is it? Uh, it doesn't appear to be, but I've never been back there, so I can't say with certainty. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Say what? You're not a hiker. I, I don't hike power line trails. No, I'm more of a runner myself. Okay. Judge, you pause it at 1031. That's true. Thank okay. You see in the uh, the background there uh, another lake appearing. You see that? I do. That's where Route Forty Four is, isn't it? I, hard to say, but if I'll, I'll concede to that, if that's what you're saying, I, I don't know though. I just want to be clear, the, you're, you're familiar a little bit with the power lines, right? And I'm just going to reorient myself. So the this is still for Jefferson Crossing down here in the bottom right. Stop this at 12 minutes and 11 seconds, right? Uh, it appears to be, yes, sir. And I want to be clear, these high-tension power lines, they don't continue near 80 Mountain Spring Road, do they? I don't know, honestly. They come out near the Yukon Health Center, don't they? I don't know. And this is the uh, drone landing, so I'll, I'll turn it off if the state wants me to play the rest of the extra minute. <coughs> I no, so. I, I think we've seen enough. Um, all right. So I, I just want to be clear after we watch that video. Fort Jefferson Crossing was on was near the pinnacle of that portion of Avon, right? Uh, Pierce, yes, so. It was a very wooded area. Correct? Yes. 
There were also a lot of homes with yards and fences and whatnot in that area, right? Correct. And the only road between Jefferson Crossing and 80 Mountain Spring was Eli Road down to Old Mountain Road, hang a quick right and then turn left and continue straight down to that location, correct? Yes, sir. The only other way to get there would be to come up from the area near the Yukon Health Center that we saw and the commercial buildings that were in that part of, of uh, Farmington, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe you'd come off of like a Talcott Notch Road and from that area maybe? Like Talcott Notch, uh, we didn't talk about Talcott Notch, but Talcott Notch and Old Mountain Road, you have to cross both of those roads before you get to Route 4, right? I believe you do. And then you come to where the commercial areas are, including the uh, um, the gas stations, right? Yes. The the uh, medical buildings are down there. Correct. And then there's an entrance to ID four in Farmington, right? Oh, there is. And if you go the other way on Route four, eventually you go right into uh, West Hartford, where there's a stop and shop, right? I believe so. And I just have a couple more questions. Um, did you, when, when you split up the review of, of the videos from 77 Mountain Spring Road with Detective Clabby, uh, did you consult with each other and discuss what each of you found or not? Oh, we did. Did you then go and view what he had looked at? No, I did not. He just told you what he had seen, right? I believe so, yes. And same thing with you. When you did your view, you didn't. he didn't come in and watch it. You just told him what you had seen. That's accurate. I have no further questions. Well, it's probably a better idea to uh, continue redirect uh, after the luncheon recess. Yes, Judge. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will stand in our luncheon recess today until 10 minutes after 2. <laughs> Please uh, do not discuss the case. Have a good lunch. until 2 o'clock. Please exit the courtroom. There's more to come at the Michelle Trokinas trial in the Jennifer Farber Dulos case. The mystery deepens and justice seeks its course. Press subscribe now and stay tuned for more episodes unraveling the truths behind the most perplexing criminal cases from true crime today.